listening to another episode of Indie Music Diaries. My name is Atlas Size and I'm joined by another artist today. Her name is Taylor. How's it going? Good. How are you, Lucky? I'm very well. Thanks so much for, for joining me. On, and as we said off there, it's a Sunday morning. It's a rainy Sunday morning. So it's, it's cozy vibes, but, but you know, we're, we're all here for it. I love it. I love cozy vibes all the way. <laughs> Going along with the cozy vibes. I feel like both of our songs that we just released, because I had my single release a couple days ago, and then the week before you release your single, there's almost cozy vibes all around with the sounds. I don't know if that's just me. Like that's, that, that sort of vibe comes across. You're spot on, spot on. <laughs> perfect for your Sunday morning. Like when I think of my music, I'm just like, mm. tuck your headphones in, lay down, close your eyes melt away and i think you could do the exact same with wilderness in her eyes it's a beautiful thank, oh my goodness thank you so much thank you so much I, I, and i promise if you're listening i didn't i didn't like pay her to promote my single <laughs> but, um, great song seriously <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank uh, i really appreciate the kind words um so this is an exciting time for you of course we're here to talk talk well i mean it's, it's a nice open discussion but we're of course here to talk about you and all the exciting things that you're doing let's jump into your new single lost on you how did lost on you come about so two parts to how it came about um do you want to hear the story or the musical side of it first let's, let, let's do the story first and then we'll dive into the musical side wait awesome so In short, it's basically about being in your 20s, falling for someone before you fully know yourself. And I'm a complete hopeless romantic. Like, I want to give someone my all, but I guess this song is about that situation of drawing that line where you're giving someone too much that you start to lose yourself a little bit in the process. Mm. And that's, I guess, it's a very common theme, especially for you know, a lot of people in, the, in their twenties. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's a very relatable topic, especially for the audience listening to a track like that. Um, and the musical side of things. Yeah. What's the story behind that? Because as a really lush production and you work with Jack Negro um, on this one as well, who, who I know um, personally as well, and he's, he's a fantastic producer as well. So yeah, yeah. Dive into that side as well. Cause I'm interested to hear about that as well. Yeah, so one night I was just sitting at my keys. I just got myself a Juno and when I was at the store, I did not comprehend how many amazing sounds this thing Mm -hmm. had on it. Um, So I was like scrolling and having the time of my life and then I found this harp sound and I had this chord structure that I was loving at the time, played the three chords, and as soon as I played it, I was like, yes. And that backbeat through the whole song, I heard that in my head as in it's just like your heart beating out of your chest. Mm. And then, like, I recorded that, did a little thing in Logic. Um, One of my good friends who's in my band, Joel Kellett, he wrote the guitar for the song Um, and then, yeah, brought it to Jack and he just elevated it to a whole other level he's absolutely amazing that's so good so good and 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 like i said the like you really nailed the production and you know it's it's always great when a song sort of i guess the story and the meaning as you're saying there um with the meaning it's very deep and as i mentioned it's very relatable but like the you, you get a sense that like the song's production matches the meaning as well it's all very lush and sort of very i don't know you feel like there's even you know a lot of emotion even in the production which is cool um We'll dive into your other stuff too and like look back through your discography and, and, and sort of your journey up to now as well. But 
I totally forgot to ask you. I always like asking this of, of artists because it's always interesting. How did you first get into music? Was it something that you started from a very young age or did it come on a little bit more recently? Yeah, very young age. Um, my grandma has taught me piano basically from when I was tiny, tiny. Um, and then in primary school is when I started to discover my own way through music. I had a guitar ensemble at school and I liked this guy in guitar ensemble and I was getting a little bored of piano so I thought I'll learn guitar and then at the time I was also obsessed with Taylor Swift which has not changed to this day um, and she was sort of the part that inspired me to start writing music and from then I just haven't stopped. Mm, so good wow that, that, that's cool and you so you mentioned primary school is when you started sort of started to find your that, that, and that's early because a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people that I've asked seem to be like around like teen, you know, 15, 16, they start writing songs. Actually, when did you start like writing your first songs? Um, I think my first song I wrote when I was about nine or 10 years wow. old. Yeah. I wrote it with one of my friends and our guitar teacher. Um, and yeah, like, I guess throughout my whole life, it's, it's changed and morphed throughout the years, but it's always been this one thing that I could come back to and mm. it's an opportunity to sit and really be honest with myself. And if I can't figure out a situation in words, I can mm. figure it out in a song, even though I'm using lyrics, but there's something different about that. I don't know if you find the same thing when you're writing music as well. hundred percent. No, there's something, I guess, because, I mean, for a lot of people, the way they sort of express their feelings and their thoughts, it's, it's going to be in different forms and different ways. And art is a great thing for that. And it is funny, you know, and you see it a lot, how like a lot of musicians can like sort of struggle to articulate their feelings in like just conversation or something. But when it comes to like writing music, all of a sudden it flows out. And when it, even just like writing poetry and stuff, like um, I've got a couple of friends that, that are like poets and are writing books and stuff. And it's it's interesting talking to them and actually seeing how like for poets and, and even artists like painters, like they're almost their brains work in a similar way when it comes to expressing emotion. It's really interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's, that, I mean, that, that's so, I'm still surprised about that. You're like nine, 10 years old, starting to write your own songs. I wrote my first song alone. I was like, I wouldn't know. I would have been like 12 and it was like absolute crap. It was called, it was called cheesy monkeys. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's, it's called adventure girls. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> but it, I mean, yeah, you always have to go through like that, those cringy early stages. I mean, you know, just, just, just churn through that. And then you start actually writing, you know, some decent stuff down the line, hopefully. Um, <laughs> that's cool. And how, how old are you now, by the way? I'm 21. There you go. So, I mean, and it's, it's so exciting talking to you now at this part of your career, because it's early days for you still. I mean, guess just like sort of looking at, looking at, um, you know, your music that you're making now. And obviously 2020 is when you released your first tracks. You've sort of been around for a little bit though. You've got the YouTube thing, which, which I, I don't know if like, I mean, <laughs> we can talk, like, do you want to talk about the YouTube thing? Oh. Because like they've been on there for a few years and like, managed, you know, you've counted up 15, I think it was like 15,000 subscribers, um, which is, which is really solid. So was that, was that when you started doing that, did, was there like a plan in mind for that in terms of YouTube thing? Or were you just like, oh, I'll just like, you know, throw up some covers, see, see how they go. What was the, what was the plan with that? Um, so the first YouTube video I uploaded, I was terrified and I wanted no one to see it. So God knows why I uploaded it onto YouTube. 
I remember I was like, <clears throat> I hid myself in one of the rooms in the house and like someone came home and in the video you can see me looking under the door watching their feet walk past. Like I was so shy. Um, but then I, one of my friends in high school, we started making these Taylor Swift music videos together. Like we'd sit in class and write out all the lyrics to the song and then we'd write like everything we were going to do in the video and we'd just spend our weekends doing that. Um, and then the channel sort of blew up when we decided to write this Taylor Swift cup song. Right. Which was just a compilation of all of her songs and we pieced the lyrics together so it made sense. It was like a story throughout the whole thing wow. um, at the time when the cup song was huge. So that like blew up and that's sort of how the channel came about. And then since then I was just posting, posting, posting and yeah, it feels like, a wow. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that's so, I, I missed that one. I'm going to have to go and find that afterwards. <laughs> that's so good. Cause that's a cool idea. Like mashing up Taylor Swift songs. That's the other thing as well. You mentioned how you're a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm a massive Taylor Swift fan as well. I'm more of a recent Taylor Swift fan, sort of in the last couple of years. But um, yeah, I take a shot every time, you know, drinking game, Fendi Me's Dice, take a shot every time you hear a Taylor Swift reference in this episode because um, I'm sure it's going to be coming up a lot. Um, actually, no, I do want to ask you now because I've, as soon as you mentioned it, I was like, oh, I've been meaning to ask her. What's your favorite Taylor Swift album? Go. Oh, okay. It depends what mood I'm in. Depends. That's, not, that's fair. Yeah. Um, that's okay. like the uh, well rainy Sunday morning. What are you going for? Rainy Sunday morning at the moment, I'm going for Evermore. Mm, good, nice. How about you? I know. I mean, the favorite. I mean, I mean, it's everyone's. I guess it's everyone's favorite. I don't know if it's if it's everyone's favorite, but I know it's very popular. But in 1989 is like a classic, um, and of folklore. It's it's between that and folklore. But an album that I actually genuinely really, really like that I don't think gets enough credit because people just sort of look at the drama around it is actually Reputation. Actually, I actually think it's really, really good and it's got so many underrated songs. Uh, it is such a solid, strong album. Mm, like yeah, This mm. question is so hard because I could say now Reputation is my favourite album. But I'm not in the Reputation mood. I'm like, cup of tea, mm. soft music. Yeah. So Evermore or even folklore for a Sunday morning, either one. <laughs> so good. I mean, and, and that's the thing about Taylor Swift, not to, you know, focus on her too much, but like her music is so like you, you look to look, you look at her discography now and it's so varied. That's the thing. You've got like different albums for different moods. And I think that's really cool. And that's, I mean, I guess I'm an example. Like I, I came into the sort of the Taylor Swift thing, like really late on and, and the more sort of diverse albums she makes, the more different, audience members she's going to pick up along the way so um yeah i'm really glad that i sort of joined the the swifty club um when i did which was which was cool but anyway back to back to taylor <laughs> this taylor oh wow same name there we go um wow that only clicked for me now that you got the same name but of course taylor with an a of course yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's let's dive into your other stuff as well because i was listening as i always like to do whenever i talk to the guests i listen back to their stuff so faded which was released at the, towards the back end of last year um that one was again with jack negro right yeah yeah so good yeah. um t tell us about this one how did this one come about because the vibe with this one is cool too thank you thank you um so this one i guess it was like the catalyst for I would say the beginning of my music career most recently. Um, like I 
have played music my whole life, but I actually took almost a two-year break around 2018, 2019. I just moved out of home. I was working a full-time job and I it sort of just like slipped off and I felt really, really lost without it, but I couldn't figure out what it was at the time. I realised that afterwards. Um, and Faded was just born from this toxic situation that I was in. Um, and another song that I used to piece together the situation in my mind, make sense of it and figure out what is going on here. Um, and I guess it's about that empowerment of letting go of someone when you know they're not good for you, even though you've been in the situation for so long and you feel like you can't live without them. Um, so that's what the song is about. But when I worked on it with Jack, I just had this idea, um, for the keys, that sound. I love the keys in Somebody Else by the 1975. Mm. Like, I want that sort of vibe, like that dreamy, synthy sort of sound. And we built off that, added in like the oohs and the ahs and the bridge, and it just became this massive whoosh. And like it was a by complete accident that this sound happened because I feel like all of my releases so far have been accidentally consistent. And it's really exciting to make music and discover your sound along the way because I don't know if anyone really ever has a plan for like, okay, this is how I want to sound. Like you might have ideas in your head, but it's funny the way that things come together and work themselves out. Mm. Yeah, definitely. That's what I learned like with my recording, the like the, the three singles that I have done. It's like, like you said, you, ha- you might have an idea of how you want them to come out, but in the through the process of production i mean there's so many sort of aspects to that so like writing the song demoing it going through production and then like when you're in the studio you're tweaking things changing up sections changing up the dynamics of of the song and it becomes something like so much you know something so much more than what you had originally anticipated and that's what makes it so exciting and then you come out with it like feeling so like oh my gosh like we made this like you listen back to it what we made that um it's it's crazy and that's yeah like like i said that's the exciting thing when it comes to creating music just that sort of that process is it's really organic it's good when it's really organic too and you find someone you know like jack negro you seem to like as i mentioned really nail the production how did you come across finding him did was there like mutual contacts you know did you hit him up like what was the go with with lining up with him yeah i think i just found him on instagram and i was like this guy looks cool follow um and then he messaged me and he was like hey, um, I'd love to hear some of your original music. And I was like, yes, here it is. Um, So I sent him like a few songs, actually sent him two other songs. And then something in the back of my mind was just telling him, oh, you need to send him Faded. Because originally when I wrote the song, I was writing it for a collaboration with someone else that didn't end up happening. So I had it sitting there. I was like, it was that song that I sent in case, um, which was really great that I did end up sending it because he made something amazing out of it. And we just gel so well together in the studio. I think it's really important when you can vibe with someone else and you're just like, they hear what you're thinking in your head. He's really good at that. Really good at translating it into the software. 100 percent and it's it's interesting it's interesting as well just on jack negro like he's he's produced as i mentioned because like he's he's up here from the central coast 
um, where I'm at. So he's, and he's done a bunch of stuff for a bunch of artists that I know. Like, I don't know if you do, do have you heard of Sea Gyp- the Sea Gypsies? I have heard. Yeah. He did like a lot of stuff for them and they're like one of the biggest bands from the coast as well. And there's such a variety of stuff that he's done now, like in terms of genres and styles, he's, he's done so much now. And I'm glad just going back. I mean, I'm just remembering now. I'm glad you mentioned 1975 as well. That, that, that um, piece of inspiration. They're one of my favorite artists as well. So we're, we're listing them all. All you, all you have to say next is John Mayer. Then I'm sold. That's like the, that's like the, the Holy Trinity for me. Anyway, Hey, so good to hear that. And like, again, just the lush production, you really, I think that's really sort of becoming your style. But with these recordings of these songs is um, when you went in to record them, was there any other ones that you, got, that you guys recorded along the way? Have you just done these so far? Um, are there more down the pipeline? I mean, feel free to reveal as much or as little as you'd like. Yeah, sure. Um, so we haven't recorded any more together yet, but definitely, definitely more in the works. So um, good. I will give a little spoiler. I do have another single in the works at the moment, which I actually produced with Joel, who's in my Nice. Um, So that'll be coming out within the next couple of months, but Mm. I'm really excited to work with Jack again. It's so much fun. So good. So good. Well, how exciting. And and actually, that's the thing as well. I was speaking about it with um, Brandon Duff in the last episode in terms of collaborating with other people because I think there's a lot of value in that as well. Like even if you find someone that you absolutely like click with, it's cool experimenting and collaborating with other people, which was which is what re- he and I really focused on in that last podcast episode. But um, yeah, that's so good. So Joel, he's like your guitarist in your, in your live band as well. Hey. Yeah, he is. Nice. Cool. And he, do you, so in terms of and so he's like producing this single, do you say? Like, I guess we sort of did it together. Um, hmm. I, I have no logic to a bare minimum. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, it confuses me a lot. And I get very distracted looking through sounds. Hmm. Like I could just sit there for days and I will spend five hours trying to find the perfect sound on logic. And you know when you just listen to something a million times and you're like, I don't even know it sounds good anymore. Mm, it just um so yeah like we we actually work together on crawling back so he's fetching pharaoh oh the, oh my gosh i should have put that together i mean yeah. <laughs> it's my bad for not doing deep enough research that's that's cool that's cool yeah um so i yeah i guess like we've had experience writing and working together in the past so mm. Yeah. Nice. It's so much fun. <laughs> so good. So good. I also wanted to talk to you about um, the social media side, side of things, which is something that I'm really into and interested in. And I like what you do because not to like, you know, really analyze what you're doing on social media, but like, I mean, even just with the YouTube stuff, but I guess you've done it more so re- recently, like with the IGTV stuff, just like sort of the bedroom, you know, couple candles lit as you've got in the background, I think I can see as a candle there. <laughs> but like that sort of vibe and it's really if it's just you and your keyboard and it's super raw i really like that sort of vibe is there how do you feel about the social media side of things in terms of being an independent artist a solo artist as well because that's its own thing are you someone that's that's sort of tech savvy when it comes to social media or are you still do you feel like you're still finding your, your your footing because um but yeah because the content that you're putting out now seems like really really cool and sort of really suits your aesthetic i feel yeah. You. What's your thoughts? Thanks for saying that. I'm so glad. Um, <clears throat> with social media, 
I sort of have like a half and half relationship. I love it. Um, and I love creating content. And I guess within the past year, I've made a lot more of an effort for it to be more cohesive. And like, I plan out my grid. So I know that everything's going to fit when I post it. Um, but I also really like time off social media as well. I find that if I'm on there too much, I just like, I get lost in it and I need to spend that time in my day where I'm just not on my phone, like in the moment. And I guess that's why I like doing those videos with the candles lit, just me and my piano, because I can literally just chuck up my phone. Sometimes you can't even see me in the video. Um, and, and that's cool too. It's mysterious. I'm like, I don't have to get ready. I can just be a black shadow and it doesn't even matter. And then, you know, I can just press stop, keep vibing out and then post it when I feel. So, yeah, I guess that's where that sort of comes from because with making YouTube videos in the past, like you would probably get this too. It's a lot of effort. You've got to get everything ready, everything set up, get your lighting. And I feel like sometimes when you spend so much time doing that, you lose a little bit of the magic of the performance. Mm. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. That's that sort of that that sense of that routine in a way almost killed, like you said, sort of the, the loses the magic, I guess. It's it's an interesting thing trying to stay because, you know, they say it's like be posting consistently and constantly and whatever. It is tricky to sort of keep up that, you know, staying genuine and staying human and, and you know, being an artist that that audience members can can connect with that's for sure as well um but even you know as i said it is really really cool seeing what you're doing and even the promotion around the recent single was really cool as well you did the music video which was cool as well had some nice seaside locations there which 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 i appreciated how did you go about filming filming that because like for i think for yeah my two the two music videos i did i literally they're just iphone just like i just kept it super raw how what was your process for that video did you work with anyone for that um, my mom and my sister are amazing. They work with me. <laughs> so thank you so much if they're listening to this. Um, but they just filmed it on my phone as well. We did a couple of shots on the camera, like the one where I'm walking through the forest. Um, that was on my camera. But everything else I just filmed on my phone. And, like, I get up a lot for sunrise. So I would film that and just little parts of my day. I just wanted it to be, like, a choppy changey insight into my life rather than just me singing into a camera I wanted to mm. have some sense of relatability and I guess that goes back to the social media thing like with being authentic and I guess that's what I sort of mean when I say like I need some time off it as well because I feel if I'm too into it I lose touch with myself in that way like to stay as me, as authentic as I can be, you need to have that balance between life and then also sharing that on social media and showing like, this is my life, this is what I do, this is my cat and I'm waking up in the morning and having a tea, you know, that sort mm -hmm. of, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the cat there, the cat con. I'm loving the cat content. It's like it's almost becoming iconic now. Like sometimes if I'm just like in the in my bed in the morning, just like scrolling through Instagram stories. And like, if I ever see a gray cat now, I like don't even see the name. I just like know it's you. I'm just like, oh, it's, it's the cat. It's Taylor's cat, of course. <laughs> What's your cat's name? Pablo. 
Pab- Pablo. Oh, that's so good. That's such a good name for a cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I know. I know. We're sort of jumping around uh, a bit in this podcast. I mean, it's, as I mentioned, it's Sunday morning. It's chill vibes. But um, I also wanted to talk to you just about your just your songwriting process for when it comes to writing songs. Have you got sort of a structured system when it comes to writing songs? Are you the kind of person that likes to have like sort of like you write it down a bunch of lyrics and music comes in later? Yeah, what's the go with that? How, what's your relationship at the moment with songwriting? Um, great question, great question. So it happens different every single time. Um, I'll go through periods where I have random lyrics pop into my head at the most inconvenient times and I need to run somewhere to write it down or on my phone. Like I work as a dental assistant and I'll be sitting there assisting with a patient and then a lyric will pop into my head. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) great timing. That's so funny. Um, So that happens. Um, With the music side of it, basically I'll just sit either at my piano or guitar play a few chords and then I'll just sing random words that probably isn't even a word. It would just be like, a but in melody, of course, um, and then build lyrics around that. But it really depends. Like some days I'll sit down and I'll just have a whole song flow out of me and it will just feel so easy. Like, oh my God, did I even do that? And then other days it's a lot harder and you sit there and you feel like you're piecing a puzzle together but that's sort of the fun of it for me i love that part so yeah it's mm. different it, it, and it's tricky like that like being a songwriter is an interesting profession you know i mean even if it well even if it's not your full-time pr- profession if it's just something you do as a hobby like it's something that it's never consistent and it your answers is, is something that i've heard from so many artists that i've talked to on this podcast is that it's different all the time for different songs. Sometimes they come out super quick, as you mentioned. Sometimes you'll have a line. And then like, I mean, like for me personally, I've had songs where I've had like a, like two lines in my notes and I had that for like three years. And then like, you know, I think a couple just a couple months ago, I like completed a song that like I started writing like three years ago. And I'm like, oh, finally this like completed itself. But I think it's important as well as artists not to feel like, not to feel the need to to rush a song to finish it. I think sometimes there's a trap of that as well as like, oh, I've got these couple lines. It's like, oh, quick, I'll just like finish, like just do whatever. Like, I think it's cool just to like have those couple lines. And as I mentioned, if it sticks around for like a few months, a few years, whatever, the right time will come around to finish it. I don't know. That's just something that I've learned, um, which is cool. But it, it's cool hearing your process there in terms of your songwriting too. Um, and I also wanted to talk about it well, as well because you mentioned it before and and I should have I should have asked about it straight after, but, but it's it's interesting what you said before about you took a break from music. How long was that break for again? Was that two years, you say? Yeah, about a year and a half. Oh, my gosh. Like literally the same thing happened to me around the same time. I think you said 2018, 2019, where I was sort of – I'd uh, when did I graduate school? 2014. When did you graduate school? 2016. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So like, I guess close enough, but like, it was interesting that like time up school, I was like really into music. And then I was sort of, I just suddenly started not feeling it. And I was like, I'm 20 years old. I'm 21 or whatever. It like, is this what I'm meant to be doing? And then like you said, like you don't realize like, you know, there's, there's that part of your life that you've lost. And then you realize that that, you know, music was sort of filling that hole, I guess with music was that thing. And, and when you, you know, run away from that, you, you know, it, it always comes back. It, it always chases you up. And um, 
I ended up coming back to music yeah, a few years back. And that's when, sort of when I started out the size and I was like, maybe I needed to take that break in order for me to convince myself to do a solo project. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dive into your journey a little bit in terms of taking that break. What was your thought process going through there and how did you come about coming back to music? Yeah. So the break was sort of unintentional. Like, I guess I became lazy um, and I just let other things in life take over and I didn't make music a priority anymore. When like back in the day living with my parents, I would just lock myself in my room, write songs, play music, but I was going out and having fun with my friends. And like, I feel like you need that in your life as well. You need the Mm. different reasons because you learn lessons through those times. And I learned, like, as you said, when it's a constant in your life, you realize that part of you is missing and it's like, there's a hole in your heart. Nothing else can fill that. Um, And excuse me. At the time when I took the break, I was living in Melbourne. So I sort of began playing music again when I came back to Sydney because I felt so lonely and lost without it that I just got to a point with myself where I was like, I need to give this a proper shot, my 100% all. I like, I don't care what comes out of it. I just need to do it because it feels right. Like if I don't do this, I seriously don't know what my life is. Mm. Um, and I'm, glad that I took that shot because yeah since moving back to Sydney I've had the opportunity to like collaborate with Joel and then we released Crawling Back and then collaborate with Jack and like all of these amazing opportunities have come through and I've met so many amazing people already along the way um so yeah I think that that time without it was essential for me to realize how much I really needed it. And it gave me that push to actually take it seriously. Whereas I think that if I had have just continued doing it, I well could have just fizzled out and thought, maybe this isn't going to work out. I need to find something else. Mm, Yeah. And I think that's so good. And I think that's really inspiring. If like, if there's any independent musicians, sort of like up and coming musicians starting that feel like they, they need to take that break or that time away. And I think sometimes if you're an artist, you might feel guilty for sort of taking that time away, taking that from like your passion, your art. It's like, how can I stop doing that? But I mean, even just from your story there and and me with my similar experience, it can be really beneficial and it can help you realize sort of the things that are important to take that time away. And I think it's such a, it's a key part of the process. When you look back at it, you're like so thankful, like for having that time away to have that different perspective, that sort of, it's a very eye opening experience. Hey, so good. Well, as, as we come towards the end of our chat here, it's been really enjoyable. And I, as I mentioned, it has been, I feel like it's been all over the place. That's, that's my bad, but it's Sunday morning chill vibes. We're embracing it, but um, <laughs> looking ahead to the future for Taylor, it's, as I mentioned, it's very exciting. And again, it's, it's a perfect time to be chatting to you now early on, still early on in your journey. I mean, you're still very experienced. You've done all the YouTube stuff for years now and got these, there are these three songs out. But what does the future look like for Taylor? Have you got any sort of big long-term goals in terms of releasing more music, playing live shows, growing your name? What's what's What does the future look like for Taylor? Yeah, you basically just said it all. <laughs> there you go. Knocked <laughs> it on the head. Um, like I'm strange because I have goals and I have things in mind. Like I look at particular venues and I go, I am playing that one day. Like 
Horton Pavilion. I've got my vision board right in front of me here and there's a picture <laughs> of Horton Pavilion. So good. And I keep saying to everyone, like, I'm playing there, I'm playing there. But I guess it's just writing more music, releasing more music, collaborating more. Like, I just love the creation of it. And, of course, playing live as well. So nothing in particular, but I can guarantee that you'll hear a lot more from me. That's exciting. And and, and it, you, you can tell, even just from the conversation, just from today, you seem very um, strong-willed and very, you've got that, that vision and that passion and that drive. And, and that's, that's coming across just in the ways you sort of hold yourself, the way you talk and your music and your sort of your promotion of yourself as well. So thanks so much for taking the time to, to have a chat on Indie Music Diaries. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was so much fun. Thanks so much, guys. For the- Oh, actually, before we wrap up, I totally forgot. You need to plug yourself. Where can people find you? Plug yourself. Um, so my Instagram is Taylor with an A, music. Um, and then on Spotify, it's just Taylor. And there on we go. Taylor as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Taylor. So good. And we'll make sure we have all of those locations linked in the description. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, Indie Music Diaries, new episodes every single Monday fortnight available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, just about everywhere. You can follow me at Atlasize. And again, we'll have that link down in the description. Once again, Taylor, thanks so much for having a chat. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And we'll see you in two weeks time.